Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 16, and we are recording on Tuesday, January 2nd. I'm Katie McLean, along with Rincey Abraham, and we're coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. How's Did your... you do anything fun? Um, Not really. I was feeling kind of under the weather, so I, and it was also like negative 30 wind chill or something insane like that so i was like i'm gonna stay inside and stay in my house and just i went to bed early and i got a good night's sleep and honestly it was like the best decision i probably could have made your new year's eve sounds exactly like my new year's eve down to the not feeling well and i'm gonna go to bed early and this was a great decision I mean, like, I originally had plans to, like, go to my friend's house, but, like, on it, like when it's that cold, it's, like, so hard for me to motivate myself to leave my house, and then I also wasn't feeling well, and I'm like, well, now I'm definitely not going to leave my house, so. Yeah, and I was, I was thinking back to when I was in college, and not necessarily for New Year's Eve, but my friends and I, we would stay up till, like, two or three in the morning, mm-hmm. and I'm just... I mean, I'm not even 30 yet, but I'm I'm just like, what was I thinking? I I can't even imagine staying up that late right now. I'd just be like, I'd be dead for like three days. Yeah. See, the thing is, is like even in college, I was not someone who enjoyed staying up all night. Like I can count on my hand the number of all-nighters I pulled in college. I don't think I even pulled one until I was like a junior in college. Like I like sleeping. <laughs> so... <laughs> Even when I was at my peak of being able to stay up all night, I chose not to stay up all night. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you. I am too much. I am. Yeah, I'm too much of a of a fan of sleep. So if anyone else listening had a similar New Year's Eve, I'm just I'm like, I feel you right now. <laughs> I was not up for the champagne drinking and the partying and the the up all night. I, I, I at first thought, and I was like, well, I can stay up till midnight, you know, because it's New Year's Eve. And then I thought, I really don't care. Yeah. I'm like, I don't care this year. Yeah. It was one of those years where I was just like, you know what? I'm in 2018. I'll welcome you in when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> like, it won't make that much of a difference if I see you at midnight or if I see you at 9 a.m. <laughs> I'll just be probably be a little less cranky if I've if I've been well rested. That is very true. <laughs> All right. right. Um, So I'm going to do the first sponsor for the episode. Go for it. All right. Um, So the sponsor for this episode is Book Riot, actually. And in case you aren't aware, Book Riot is doing a top 20 giveaway where they are giving away uh, the top 20 books of 2017 um, in, I believe, is like mid-December. Book Riot posted what was basically a top 20 list compiled by all of the different contributors. We all got to like nominate uh, books that we love throughout the year and they compiled it into a top 20 list and now they are giving away all 20 of those books. Um, a lot of really great books are on that list. Two that might be of interest to you guys are Bluebird Bluebird by Attica Locke, which is actually the one that I blurbed on the website. And then The Fact of a Body, which is a true crime book that both of us both loved and have talked about multiple times here. Um, So yeah, the contest is running through January 14th. So you still have a little bit of time left to enter. Um, Even if you look at the list and you're like, hey, there are a a couple of these books I have no interest in reading, or maybe you already own them or something like that, consider this an opportunity to maybe gift some of those books away. You could very easily, I'm sure, find people who would be interested in those books as well. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of really, really fantastic stuff in here. If 
it might also be a good opportunity to maybe try some books in different genres that you don't typically read. Um, I feel like all of the 20 books are either books that I loved or have on my list to read. Um, they've been raved about by so many different people on not just our website, but across like the bookish inter- internet. Um, so yeah, there will be a link to the giveaway post. Um, but you can also just head to bookriot.com slash top 20 and that's two zero um, to enter. And good luck to everyone. I'm very jealous whenever we ha- run these contests because I always want to enter them myself. Yeah, I said it before, and I will say it again. It is a really, really solid giveaway that they're doing here. So um, since, yeah, since we are not eligible to enter this, this giveaway, we highly encourage everyone else to, to enter because this, this is, this is a top notch uh, raffle that they're doing. All right. Uh, Do you want to do a little intro and tell everyone the type of podcast that we have, Katie, before we jump in? Sure thing. If you um, if you're new to the podcast, if you haven't guessed already, we talk about mysteries and thrillers on here. Um, mysteries, suspense, thrillers, true crime, anything that's related to the mystery world, um, whether it's new releases or um, other news movie adaptations, themed book lists, all that jazz. Um, we we talk about it here, and we. Uh, we're always looking for uh, questions or suggestions from listeners. So if you are a, you're a listener to Red or Dead and you have an idea for us to talk about on the show or a question or something cool that you saw in the news that you think we should mention, hit us up. Let us know. We'll have our contact uh, information at the end of the show. But we are always looking for new suggestions, and we're interested in what you guys are interested uh, interested to hear more about. So definitely let us know if you have any ideas for future episodes. All right. Uh, so to start things off, we have just one news item we wanted to touch upon really quickly. Um, Sue Grafton, who is a best-selling author, she is well known for her like alphabet titled book series uh, passed away. Um, I think it was at the end of December. Uh, she was only 77 years old and apparently she had cancer, which I was not aware of. Um, her daughter, Jamie Clark announced her death on her website and her Facebook page. And it's really, you know, sad. And I feel like slightly poetic, like the series started off with A is for Alibi and she had been working her way through the entire alphabet and she had just finished with Y is for Yesterday. And in the announcement that her daughter wrote, um, they said that they never really wanted anyone else to um, adapt her work. Like Sue Grafton was really adamant about not giving away the rights uh, for movies or TV shows so for other people to adapt. And so sort of in that same vein, she didn't really want or she, she, her. I think her daughter is assuming she wouldn't want like a ghostwriter to continue writing under her name. And so it says because of all those things and out of deep and abiding love and respect for our dear sweet Sue, as far as we and the family are concerned, the alphabet now ends at Y, which is like the most heartbreaking sentence I feel like in the world. Um Apparently, like the last book in the series was planned to be Z is for zero. Um, Her husband says that she's been saying that for years and years. But I think that Y is for yesterday is going to be the final book that will come out from Sue Grafton. Um, Yeah, it's it's really sad that an author like that passed away, especially because her series, again, really well loved by a lot of different mystery fans. And the fact that she was so close to completing the alphabet but wasn't able to just makes it a little bit more heartbreaking so yeah rest in peace sue grafton um thanks so much for the decades of 
books. Um, I know that a lot of our listeners and a lot of different mystery fans really, really enjoyed her work. So, yeah. Yeah. When I heard that she had passed away, I was um, I was at home. I wasn't at work, but um, if for anyone who doesn't know, I work at a library. I immediately texted one of my coworkers and my manager, and I said, Sue Grafton just died. We need to put up a display right now <laughs> because, A, that's how librarians think. As soon as someone passed away, they, they go, oh, my gosh, we need a display up. But also, she is hands down one of our most popular authors at the library. Her books are always, her new books are always on hold. Um, we continually have people asking about her, about her books. And I was thinking, I, I just kept thinking about all of our regular patrons who, you know, come in for her novels and have read from, from A to Y. And I, I was just so sad that for, for all, for all of her longtime readers that they're not going to get the end of the series like they had probably hoped. And I've only read one of her books, and actually I found out it was like the worst book to start with in the series. So I will say if you are looking to start reading a Sue, uh, start reading Sue Grafton, I do not advise starting with K because <laughs> <laughs> I just randomly picked that one to read for a genre study, and the it's bizarrely open-ended for a mystery and I found that out at the end I was like wait a minute what is this and all the librarians in the genre study they're like oh yeah that was the book that everyone got really mad at when it was when it was published um so I liked it up until the ending but yeah if you're looking to do to uh become more familiar with Sue Grafton's work um don't start with K is for killer <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe I've... come to that one in a, in, in a few books <laughs> I mean I feel like when authors have like series named like that which obviously a lot of mystery writers do that but like the fact that there's such a specific chronological order with the titles like I feel like I would have to start with a otherwise I would not like feel like I'm not typically someone who like feels like they have to read a series in order unless like you need to um but I feel like this is one where I would be like I have to start with a and work my way through the alphabet yeah it's like with Janet Ivanovich and the Stephanie Plum series you kind of have to start with one for the money exactly <laughs> Okay, um, so I'm going to kick off the main uh, segment for our show, which is uh, we're going to be talking about some of our most anticipated mysteries and thrillers for 2018. And there are a lot of them. I had a hard time narrowing it down to three. But um, and actually, I didn't I, nar I actually narrowed it down to four. I have I do have one extra pick at the end. <laughs> but so I'm cheating. It's okay. Uh, it's our podcast. We make up the rules. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I can do four if I want to. <laughs> but anyway, I'm going to kick this off um, with a book that actually comes out a week from today that I have already talked about on the show. But since it's coming out soon, I just have to I have to do my Muppet Arms spiel about it. Uh, that is The Widows of Malabar Hill by Sujata Masi. And this is the uh, Sujata Masi is already an established author, but this is the first book in a new uh, historical mystery series. And the the main character of uh, the main character of the book is based on the first woman to practice law in India. Um, the book is set in 1920s Bombay, and the main character Pervine Mystery has just joined her father's law firm and so she's become one of the first female lawyers in India 
And she has she has a strong legal background, but she also has a tragic personal history that makes her very devoted to championing championing women's rights. And one of the one of the cases that she's given is the she's handling the will of a wealthy Muslim mill owner who left three widows behind. And she notices something strange that all of the widows have signed over their inheritance to a charity rather than, you know, taking the inheritance from from the will for themselves for their own survival. And per, and Perveen is suspicious of what happened, of why this is. She thinks that they may that they may be coerced uh, by someone else into giving up their money. And so she so Perveen goes to speak to them to find out what exactly is going on. And she, there's all, there's all kinds of issues that come into play because the women, uh, they live in Perda, which is, they are secluded from men. They don't leave the women's quarters. They don't speak directly to any, to any men outside of the family. And so Perveen's trying to navigate these, uh, these barriers that are put up. And while she's investigating, there's a murder that happens. And so she has to figure out what's really happening. Are the, are the, the women in, uh, in any danger? You know, what is, what is going on with this? And this book is so, so good. I loved this book to pieces. And usually my tastes run to, like I said, the dark, demented and disturbing. This book is none of those things. It is, so there's so much interesting detail about the time period and the country and uh the the british the british rule in that area and there's stuff about women about the women's roles in in indian society and how the main character is navigating those roles it's it's a story that's that's full of compassion and with with a really great feminist edge to it and Perveen is just she's a character that I just desperately want to know more about because she is so smart and she's scarred by her past but she uses though she uses those qualities to push to advocate for other people and she's just this amazing character and I just and I she's one of those characters that I wish she was a real person in real life cuz I would love to meet her but this book deserves all the stars, all the Muppet arms. Oh my gosh, it is a delight. I have been, I read this book back in June when I came back from Book Expo in New York, and I have not stopped raving about it. And now it's out next week. So do yourselves all a favor and pick up The Widows of Malabar Hill by Sujata Masi. Yeah, I remember you raving about that one in one of the early episodes, and I'm so excited for it. I'm already on hold for it at the library, so I'm hoping I'm like number one on the list. So it'll like get to me as soon as my library has a copy. Excellent. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> All right. So my first pick is actually a young adult book, and it's Truly Devious by Maureen Johnson. And this one also comes out relatively soon. It comes out on January 16th. Um, and I am so excited for this one. I haven't read it yet, but I do have like a digital uh, advanced reader's copy of it. So I do plan on reading it like really, really soon. Um so Maureen Johnson is a New York Times bestselling young adult author. She's written a bunch of contemporary young adult books, and she also wrote um, 
a mystery series, but it was like a paranormal mystery sort of situation. The first book in the series is called The Name of the Star, and I adored it. She writes such smart and funny and interesting characters, and I'm so excited that she's writing another mystery series. Um, So this one takes place um, at this private school in Vermont called Enningham Academy. And when this school was first founded, um, the man who founded the academy named Albert Ellingham, his wife and daughter end up kidnapped and it becomes sort of this unsolved crime and is like a notorious unsolved crime. Um, And so then you like sort of jump forward to current day, I believe, and you're following this character named Stevie Bell, who is this huge true crime aficionado. And she's about to start her first year at Ellingham Academy. And she has this crazy plan that she is going to try to solve this cold case. Um, So she sort of gets to school and it's about her, you know, adapting to this new private school and this life, but also like some strange things start happening. And the person who supposedly kidnapped the wife and daughter seems to be like reappearing or, you know, so it seems. Um, so apparently it's like two mysteries that you're following through this book that are interwoven. And I'm so excited for this for a number of reasons, partially because it sounds really interesting, but partially also because I really love uh, stories that take place like either at private schools or like campuses or, you know, universities, things like that. Um, And again, Maureen Johnson is just a really, really fantastic author. I think she's kind of underrated. I mean, I know she's like a New York Times bestselling author, but I think when it comes to like great young adult authors, she often gets forgotten. Um, So yeah, I'm really excited to see a new mystery series from her. I know she always has like something really interesting that she does with her stories. They're never really quite as straightforward um, as you think they're going to be. I don't know or think that there is a supernatural element to this one, uh, but who knows there could be. Um, And also I believe that this is going to be the first in a series of books. So yeah, hopefully there'll be more adventures that come at uh, Ellingham Academy. But yeah, this one, again, comes out on January 16th. And again, it's called Truly Devious. Um, And yeah, I'm just really excited to check it out. I will probably be reading it like before the next episode. So you'll probably hear me talk about it then just to be real. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that one sounds really interesting. Like I'd heard the title floating around with people talking about upcoming books for 2018. But it hadn't hit my radar until now. And one of one of my goals for 2018 is to read, um, read more young adult fiction. So I will definitely be adding that to my list. So my next book that I've picked, you've heard me uh, rave about The Dry by Jane Harper, which came out about this time last year. Well, she has the second book in the series that's coming out in February. I think it's February 6th, February 6th, according to Goodreads. Um, And that book is called Force of Nature, again, by Jane Harper. And it follows the main character from The Dry, which is uh, Aaron Falk. And in this case, he has the the issue at hand. There's five women, uh, five co-workers that go on a hike together, and only four of them return. And each woman has a slightly different story about what happened to the missing woman. And he, Aaron Falk has a, has a specific interest in where, in where this person is. And as he goes into the forest to look for her, he discovers secrets lurking in the mountains. And 
this complicated web of personal and professional relationships and friendships and betrayals among the women. And he has to figure out, you know, there are all these secrets and other things at play, but did one of them actually murder their coworker? And for, uh, the premise just sounds incredibly intriguing. And I love the fact that it's coworkers, not, you know, friends or, you know, family members. Like that, I feel like that's a dynamic that you don't really see. Like a group of coworkers go out and one of them gets murdered. I mean, <laughs> I was going to say nothing against my coworkers. I love all my coworkers, but I feel like that, I feel like that that's a feeling that some people might have every once in a while. And I'm kind of surprised that doesn't show up in more, in more mystery novels, but I loved the dry so much. And everything I've heard from readers who have read early copies of Force of Nature, they say this book is just as good as the dry, if not better. So I am going to try to get my hands on an early copy of this book. I'm going to see if I can request a digital copy before it's published. But I am so excited for this book. If And if this one is just as good, I'm I'm probably going to start anticipating the next book in the series the way I do the next Tana French novel. Like, I am so excited for this book. Um, again, that is The Force of Nature by Jane Harper, and that comes out in about a month on February 6th. Uh, yeah, fun fact. I actually just bought a copy of The Drive by Jane Harper. It isn't here yet because... Um, I bought it online and it's like one of those sort of like secondhand sites. So it will be coming eventually and I'm very excited for it. And then hopefully it'll be here before the second book comes out. But even that, I will still probably just end up reading them like as quickly back to back as I can. Yeah, I think I think that that's a good that's a good plan to have. All right. Um, and then my next book is also a second in a series that I read last year, and it is A Necessary Evil by Abir Mukherjee. Um, the first book in this series uh, was A Rising Man, which came out, I want to say, like either last spring or last summer. I think I read it last summer. Um, and it's a detective series that takes place in India in the 1920s. And you are following uh, this British man uh, named Captain Wyndham or, you know, titled Captain Wyndham. And uh, he ends up moving to India from England after some stuff happens in his personal life, which you find out about in the first book. Um, and so this is sort of like the next mystery series uh, following him as well as Sergeant Banerjee, uh, who is part of the Calcutta police force. Um, so in this one, they are investigating the assassination of the Maharaja's son. So apparently um, they are visiting the Maharaja or visiting the palace and the heir to the throne is assassinated right in front of Captain Wyndham and Sergeant Banerjee. Um, and so and then after that point, obviously, they are investigating this assassination um, and there are a lot of aspects of this uh, prince's life that was not very appealing to a lot of people. Apparently he had very like modern viewpoints on life and love and even like romantic relationships. So it's very possible he was, you know, a little bit of a playboy or something along those lines. And all of that um, may have been upsetting to people especially if they are slightly more religious and knowing that he is the heir to the throne or the next in line. Um, there's also the fact that he has a brother who now that his uh, this prince has been assassinated, the 
younger brother is now um, the heir to the throne. So he possibly could be at play. Um, so apparently this story will just follow um, these two detectives as they try to figure out the mystery behind the assassination, as well as trying to solve a mystery that follows people who sort of get to like play by their own rules because again, they're royalty in India. Um, yeah, this is a mystery that I really enjoyed when I read uh, the first in the series. Um, one of the re- one of the things I really enjoy about the series is that uh, you have a British man who is basically the protagonist of the story. But by doing that, the author is able to explain a lot about um, the way things are in India during this time period to the reader because he the author, I believe, assumes correctly that most people don't know that much about 1920s India. Um, It's still under British reign or under British rule. um, And there's a lot of really interesting, like, social and racial dynamics at play, um, especially because you have a British officer working with someone who's part of the Calcutta police force. And so, you know, Indians were seen as being lesser than the British in India. And so there's a lot of really interesting just sort of dynamics between both the captain um, with the other people on the police force, as well as like the captain and the other Indians that he interacts with on a day-to-day basis. Um, The main captain is a really interesting detective. Again, in the first book in the series, you see a lot about like what led him to India and you get to see a little bit about his slightly more tragic background. And I'm sure that'll come into play here. Um, From what I've heard, this one is an even stronger book than the first book in the series, which gets me really excited because I did like the first book, but I felt like it was a little bit of a slower pace and The way that this one is being described, it sounds like it's a little bit more of a fast paced story, which will be really interesting. And plus just the idea of like following royalty and having to navigate that whole world always just appeals to me as well. Um, So again, that's A Necessary Evil by Ambir Mukherjee. I can't figure out when exactly this one is coming out because Goodreads has uh, the British publication date on here, but I believe it's in April. Um, But I'm not 100% sure on that. But I know that it's like sometime like mid-spring that this one is coming out. I love the fact that we both picked mysteries set in 1920s India for 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 each each one of us picked a book for our list i think that's hilarious i mean i'm i'm of indian descent so i'm always naturally going to be drawn to these stories but also there i feel like there have been a lot of really good ones coming out lately like stories set in india or maybe that's just me paying more attention i don't know but i'm very excited about this too <laughs> so yeah if you're if you happen to be looking for books set in 1920s india we've got two uh two excellent suggestions right here So my next pick is a true crime book, and that book is called I'll Be Gone in the Dark, One Woman's Obsessive Search for the Golden State Killer by Michelle McNamara. And this book, well, the the premise of it is seems very dark and fascinating, but this book is, I think, has really started to rise to people's attentions because Michelle McNamara is the wife of... Patton Oswalt, the comedian and the actor, and she tragically passed away. I don't remember if it was la- if it was 2016, maybe. I think it might have been 2016, but she passed away very suddenly in her sleep um, with this book mostly written, but still, but still unfinished. And 
So she, it's kind of, it, it's, there's that tragic element that she wasn't able to finish this book about this massive research and this massive investigation that she, that she was undertaking to find this, this serial killer. So the, so I think that lends a, an extra element to the story, but the, the person who she was who she was looking for who was named uh or dubbed the golden state killer um i will give a uh a likely content warning well a definite content warning this because this this person was a serial killer as well as a serial rapist so if you are triggered by sexual assault and crimes like that you may want want to pass on this book but for more than 10 years this person who was never caught, they say he committed 50 sexual assaults in Northern California and then moved south uh, to, uh, through California where he killed 10 people in a very violent, sadistic way. And then he just disappeared and no one was, was ever, no one ever caught him. And then three decades later, Michelle McNamara kind of took on the investigation. She's a true she was a true crime journalist. She had a website called True Crime Diary where she focused a lot on uh lesser known or cold case uh uh true crime cold cases. And she uh she became interested and then, you know, obsessed with finding out who this who this person was, this Golden State Killer. So she's interviewing the victim, she's looking at police reports, embedding herself in the online communities and and so this is about her journey and her investigation of figuring out who this who this person was and it, the book is described as an atmospheric snapshot in a moment of american history it's a portrait of a criminal mastermind and the wreckage that he left behind a story of a woman of a woman's obsession um and it's and the the Goodreads summary says it's destined to become a true crime classic and may at last unmask the Golden State Killer. So I don't know how the book ends if she is able to point to someone. I don't I don't know how definitive that is, but I think it's extremely compelling uh, to so definitely an extra incentive for me for for me and hopefully the rest of you guys to pick it up. It also has an introduction by Gillian Flynn. So, of course, that that immediately like double sold me on the book. And the Patton Oswald writes an afterword uh, for the book as well. So there's there's a lot going on here. So it if you like your true crime with a lot of layers and not just an account of what happened, but with a lot of deep personal connections to it. This book seems like it's going to be amazing. Um, Jamie, who does the mystery newsletter, she, she, I believe she's read this one and I think, and I think she said it, it was fantastic. So again, that is I'll Be Gone in the Dark, One Woman's Obsessive Search for the Golden State Killer by Michelle McNamara. And that book comes out on February 27th. So not too long to wait for that one either. I had actually forgotten that one was coming out this year until I saw you put that as one of your um, options for this episode. And I was like, oh, yeah. But I like part of me is also like 
I need, I think I need to wait and hear what other people say about it. Cause I don't know if my heart, can, like, I feel like I'm going to be so sad reading that book, just knowing like that she passed away and everything like that. And even I think Patton Oswald said in interviews and he'll probably say it in the afterward as well, that he thinks like this was like dealing with all of this stuff and investigating this crime was like part of the reason for her death because it was just like so affecting her so strongly and things like that. Yeah, I, I'll I'll be your guinea pig. I'll, I'll read the book and let you know how it is. <laughs> All right. Um, so my final pick for this episode is Give Me Your Hand by Megan Abbott. Uh, Megan Abbott has written a number of books at this point. Um, I read You Will Know Me. When did it come out? Last year, I believe? In 20, 2016 or 2017? I don't even remember at this point. 2017 feels like it was such a long year. <laughs> It was it was 2016 because it came out right around when the Olympics were going on. Yes, that's right. Because I remember. Yeah, that is correct. That's what part of the reason why I ended up picking it up, too, is because that one follows uh, girls who uh, do gymnastics and are like Olympic hopefuls almost. Um, but this one is not like that. Um, but yes, she has a new psychological thriller that is coming out in July. And I'm super excited about this one. Um, you are following these two teen girls. Uh, one is Kit Owens, who uh, never really had very high ambitions for herself until Diane Fleming um, appears in her high school chemistry class. Um, and Diane's academic br- brilliance lit a fire in Kit. And these two people have developed an unlikely friendship um, that lasted them for quite some time until Diane shared a secret that changed everything between them. And then you sort of flash forward in time uh, more than a decade later, and Kit thinks that she's put Diane behind her and she begins to fulfill her scientific dreams that. Diane awakened in her, but then the past comes roaring back uh, when she discovers that Diane is her competition for a position both women covet, taking part in groundbreaking research uh, led by their idol. And so the two of them find themselves locked in this sort of dangerous game of cat and mouse that threatens to destroy them both. Um, Megan Abbott is a master of, I feel like, of of following getting inside the head of like young women and young girls. Um, and she gets inside sort of like the deep, dark inner parts that maybe girls and women are too scared to talk about or express or anything along those lines. Not that like every woman is deeply dark and demented and twisted, uh, but more like she gets into things that like, I feel like, women aren't naturally either allowed to talk about or allowed to explore anything like that. Um, So I believe that in the story, you're following these two timelines almost simultaneously. The one that takes place in high school as well as the modern day one. Um, And yeah, Megan Abbott is just really, really great as like at suspenseful psychological stories. Um, And she always does really interesting things or sets them in really interesting places. So like this one, I believe is, you know, takes place in the chemistry lab and things like that. And so you're getting to explore sort of the things that they're uh, studying and um, doing in the lab. And, you know, in You Will Know Me, she did gymnastics. And another one, she, uh, I think it was the fever was the one where like all of these young girls were getting um, these diseases and things like that. So she utilizes psychological uh, thrillers in order to sort of get to the heart of a lot of different like social commentaries and things like that. And she uses these really interesting uh, places and setups to 
explore those topics, which I always find to be really, really intriguing. Um, so yeah, this is definitely one that I plan on picking up as soon as possible. If I can get an arc, that would be great. But I feel like this is going to be one that's going to be extremely high demand. So I can't imagine that the publishers will just be giving these out willy nilly. But as soon as I can get my hands on it, I will definitely be uh, picking this up. And again, that's called Give Me Your Hand uh, by Megan Abbott. And this one, I believe, comes out on July 17th. Yep, definitely adding that one to my list. I finished You Will Know Me earlier this year, like a month or two ago, and I think I talked about it on the show. And that book was amazing. And I am here for a dark story about teenage girls or just women in general, especially this one, because it's like, you know, there's highly motivated women in a STEM field vying for this position. That's just so cool. Yeah. And and she just she does like like dark just like I was saying like dark women really really well. So like I'm excited to see how she handles this one. Yeah, definitely. So my last extra cheating pick is Unbury Carol by Josh Ma- Josh Mailerman or Mallerman, I don't know how exactly he pronounces the A in his name, but um, he wrote Bird Box a few years ago, which is definitely, it's more on the horror spectrum than mystery and suspense with its supernatural elements, but it's a fantastically creepy story that's great for non-horror readers. Like, I have a bunch of friends who don't read horror and they loved Bird Box, and I'm currently reading his second book right now, Black Mad Wheel, And so when I heard that he had another book coming out in 2018, I was super excited. So Unbury Carol is, I think it's historical-ish. I could be wrong. It's it, It seems like it kind of has like a Western feel to it with like, I don't know, and I don't know how much of a supernatural element is in there, so I'm not sure how much this borders on, you know, fantasy or horror, but I wanted to to mention it quick anyway. The main character, is Carol, is a woman who suffers from this medical condition where she falls into these comas that are basically indistinguishable from death, except she's, like, aware the entire time, and she will you know she'll snap out of it after a few days but she has she has this bizarre condition and there are two people who know she has this condition one is uh her lost love and uh an infamous outlaw named James Moxie and the other one is her husband who married Carol for her fortune and when she falls into another coma tries to proclaim her dead and then bury her alive And so uh, James Moxie, when he finds out what happened to her, he has to he he has to basically ride through the ride ride the trail ride through the desert to get to her to save her from being buried alive. And the whole time, Carol is aware and trying to fight what's and trying to basically survive and fight what's going on, even though she literally can cannot do anything right to physically save herself. And they said uh, the the description calls it a twisted take on the Sleeping Beauty fairy tale, and I just I love Bird Box. I'm really digging Black Mad Wheel, and 
I am so here for this book. So again, that is Unbury Carol by Josh Mailerman, and that comes out on April 10th. Yeah, I was, I'm one of those people who's too much of a scaredy cat to read Bird Box. I've like recommended it. I have one friend who like loves crazy, dark, twisted horror type books. Um, and so I recommended Bird Box to him and even he was like, holy crap, that was a crazy book. So I, if, I'm if i like, if you say it's crazy, I don't think I can even go near this book. So I haven't read it yet. But this one actually sounds really interesting. And it sounds like it's creepy enough that I'll enjoy it, but not so creepy that I won't be able to like read it. Yeah. And I do, if you do feel at any time, feel brave enough to take on Bird Box. Like I have friends and my manager at work who does not, she will not touch horror with a 10-foot pole, but she listened to Bird Box on audio and she loved it. And I have, you know, friends who, you know, they they cry if, or they, they feel like they're going to cry if I make them watch a horror movie trailer. They read or listened to Bird Box and they loved it. So it it does have wide appeal, but I, I will vouch for that book. It is really creepy. <laughs> so... Uh, so yeah, you're, I, I would say keep it, keep it in mind, but I totally under, uh, totally understand if you're like, nope, not yet. <laughs> yeah. I was like, maybe one day I'll be brave enough, but no, not at the moment. No, <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. I don't judge. <laughs> All right. So with, uh, kind of, I guess just kind of continuing that, uh, we're back to doing new releases because in December we it was we were kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel looking for new books to come out and now in January I'm going through all of the new books and the new mysteries and thrillers that are coming out I'm going how do I choose so I've got I've got a few books here that I want to talk about I'll try to keep I'll try to keep it relatively short so we're not sitting here for two hours but um, so the first book that I wanted to talk about uh, it comes out today, uh, so January 2nd. It's called Beneath the Mountain by Luca D'Andrea. I think that's how you pronounce it. It's set in Italy, and so that sounds kind of like a, an Italian pronunciation. I do apologize if that's wrong. Um, but it's set in a small mountain community in the uh, in the Dolomite Mountains, which are part of the Alps. And the main character is, he's a New York City native. He's part of a documentary-making team, and he moves to this remote part of Italy where his wife grew up and set in the in the Dolomite Mountains. And there's a lot of really interesting cultural things going, going on here as part of the Austro-Hungarian uh, Empire. And the locals speak a kind of a bizarre dialect that's not Italian. And they, they don't really have allegiances towards Italy and it's a very close knit community. They don't like out of towners, and uh, the main character Jeremiah Salinger decides to make um, he decides to make a documentary about a mountain rescue group, and the mission goes goes completely wrong. He's the only survivor, and he falls into this deep depression, and then but then he's kind of brought. His he he finds new focus for his life when he learns that in that in the town or, or in nearby in 1985 three students were savagely murdered there, and the killer was never found. And so Salinger decides he's gonna he's gonna figure out what's going on, but he's investigating this brutal crime in a very tight lipped community, and that's not keen on outsiders, and. 
as he starts to kind of unearth what was going on, he finds out that the town has all kinds of really dark, long-buried secrets. And for me, this is this is like this book has everything. This has got creepy, you know, tiny town in the mountains, you know, uh, bizarre, bizarre murder with the or tragedy with the mountain rescue group, murder of teenagers years ago, long buried secrets. This just sounds really cool. Um, so this book again is called Beneath the Mountain by Luca D'Andrea. And that comes out today on January 2nd. So if by the time you're listening to this, you will be able to pick up a copy. Um, the next book that I that I picked is called In the Shadow of Agatha Christie, Classic Crime Fiction by Forgotten Female Writers, 1850 to 1917, edited by Leslie S. Klinger. This book also um, is out by is out today on the second. So again, you could pick up a copy if you're interested. And basically, it's an anthology of female crime authors who basically set the stage for writers like Agatha Christie and Dorothy Sayers to become kind of the the genre superstars or the the genre the genre geniuses that they were. Um, and so we all we know both of those names, but the the women who came before them have really been forgotten. And so Leslie Klinger brings these writers and their stories out for people to discover them or you know rediscover them, because they they really kind of set the stage for writers like Agatha Christie to emerge and to have success. So she some of the authors that she lists, I have to sadly say I'm not familiar with these names. Um, featuring authors like Mary Fortune, Harriet Prescott Spofford, Ellen Wood, Elizabeth Corbett, Geraldine Bonner, and many, many more authors. So if you are, I'm sure many of you are into female authors, but especially if you're looking for classic authors, um, this would actually, now that I think about it, this would be an excellent pick if you're doing the Read Harder Challenge for a genre, uh, for a genre classic. And so this this would be a really great way to fulfill that challenge and learn about new authors. Um, but again, that's called In the Shadow of Agatha Christie, and it's edited by Leslie S. Klinger. And that's out today. Um, and then the final main one that I wanted to mention is uh, The Perfect Nanny by Layla Slimani. That comes out on... January 9th, so that's next Tuesday. And the the first the first paragraph of the description, I'm just I, I have to read this verbatim. It says she has the keys to their apartment. She knows everything. She has embedded herself so deeply in their lives that now it seems impossible to remove her. Oh, I just love it. Um so the main character is Miriam, a French uh a French Moroccan lawyer. And she decides to return to work after having children. So she and her husband look for a nanny for their young children. And they find Louise, who seems, you know, the ultimate Mary Poppins type of nanny who's just wonderful and plays with the children and sings and cleans. And she hosts wonderful parties and she stays late. And the as the, as the couple and the nanny become more dependent on another, you start seeing jealousy, resentment, suspicions, and everything just gets blown to pieces. And it's 
It says it's a compulsive, riveting, bravely observed exploration of power, class, race, domesticity, and motherhood, all wrapped up in a psychological suspense novel. And quite frankly, I can't really ask for more than that. So again, that is The Perfect Nanny by Layla Slimani. That's out on January 9th. And then two really, uh, really quick mentions that I wanted to do. Um, there's The Woman in the Window by A.J. Finn, which comes out today on January 2nd. This book has been getting a ton of buzz in all the literary circles. So I, was, I wasn't going to talk about it too much in depth, but they've compared it to, they said it's for readers of Gillian Flynn and Tana French. They described, they described it as a powerful Hitchcockian thriller about a woman, an agoraphobic woman who believes she witnessed a crime in a neighboring house. I mean, this book has been getting buzzed for at least six months already. And it's out today. Um, you're probably going to be hearing lots about that book, so I wanted to make sure that everyone knew that it was coming out. And then the final book is one that I mentioned on a previous episode that I had read that's called The Chalk Man by C.J. Tudor that comes out next week on January 9th. And it's about a about the main character named Eddie, his friends in their English village when they were teenagers. They came across a dismembered body. And then in the present, Eddie's fully grown, thinks he's put his past behind him. And then it turns out that it's not all put behind them. And his friends are kind of brought together through mysterious circumstances, and they think it's a prank, just trying to pull all these people together until one of them turns up dead. It's super creepy. It's got the past and the present interacting with each other. And it's just got a really interesting ending that it doesn't... It doesn't rely, it's not, you know, reliant on the gimmicky twists. It's, it's just got a really interesting ending where you look at how uh, one person's actions can affect, can affect different people in different ways. Um, but yeah, super creepy and just a really, really interesting thriller. And this one has also been getting a lot of buzz. So again, that is The Chalk Man by C.J. Tudor, and that comes out on uh, next Tuesday, January 9th. And that's it for me on new releases. <laughs> so in case you uh, didn't have enough books on your TBR, we have provided you with plenty <laughs> that are coming out right now, um, as well as in like the next couple of months. So yeah, hopefully there'll be something here that you guys are interested in picking up yourself. I was going to say that I have... Um, the in the shadow of Agatha Christie on my list of like books I want to check out just because I am such a big Agatha Christie fan and I kind of want to see like the style of these writers um and then the other thing is that I also have a copy of the woman in the window already and I'm very excited to check it out because again like you were saying it's been getting so much buzz and I kind of want to do the thing where I read it now before like it gets too hyped up like because obviously it's released now so people are going to pick it up um, so I want to make sure I read it as soon as possible um, so that way I don't get like ruined or anything about the book so yeah I'm really excited about that one you're like following this woman who like gets obsessed with the family across the way I believe and then she you know sees something and then everything sort of falls apart and it's like very much like secret window type of situation here I'm very excited for it <clears throat> All right. Um, so we can jump into the books that we've been currently reading or plan on starting soon. Um, so I will admit, I think I mentioned in the last episode that I didn't have plans for what books I was going to read over the next couple of weeks. Um, and I 
basically didn't read anything that was like a mystery or thriller. I decided to sort of like take a break over the holiday weekend. And I was reading, but I was reading like dense nonfiction books. I read like an Eleanor Roosevelt biography, which doesn't really fit into uh, the theme of this podcast. Um, So I don't really have anything to talk about in terms of like stuff that I finished recently, but I do have plenty of stuff that I'm really, really excited for. Um, I talked to again earlier, obviously in the episode about Truly Devious by Maureen Johnson. I have the arc for that and I definitely plan on reading that one uh, soon because I do want to talk about it um, before the next episode. So that will definitely be one that I'm reading. Um, I also just got a copy of The Lost Ones by Sheena Kamal from the library. I've been on the hold list what feels like forever um, for the ebook copy of this book and I finally just got the notification that it is time for uh, me to be able to check it out. Um, This one came out last summer and you are following this woman named Nora Watts who 15 years prior gave up uh, her baby for adoption and then she suddenly gets a phone call from the adoptive parents saying that uh, the girl has disappeared or is missing and they don't really know what to do um and so nora watts apparently works as like a receptionist at a private investigative service um and she has the sense that like she doesn't know the whole story behind this girl behind her biological daughter as well as the adoptive parents um and so Nora starts like searching and trying to figure out what exactly is going on and what happened to her daughter. Um, So when this book originally came out, um, Nora Watts was being described as like this kick-ass protagonist who is very similar to Elizabeth Salander from the Girl with a Dragon Tattoo series. Um, I don't know exactly if she is going to be exactly like that, but I've heard really good things about this one. I believe that the second book in the series is also coming out later this year. So I kind of wanted to read this one again. So that way I could see if the rest of the series would appeal to me, but it sounds really interesting. Um, So that's most likely one that I will be starting to soon. And also, like I just said, um, I have The Woman in the Window by A.J. Finn as well. And hopefully I can get to that one. I know that's a lot of books for me to be able to read before the next episode, but I have high hopes. I'm like, it's January. It's cold. I don't want to leave my house. So I feel like I'm setting really high standards for myself to read all of the books right now, just because I'm like, you don't want to be outside anyways. Just stay inside and read all the time. So that's basically my plan for the next couple of weeks until this cold front is gone. And by cold front, I mean when it's like April or May and I want to go back outside. (laughs) side again (laughs) oh lord yeah well at least at least it's january and i mean along with the with the cold snap that we've got i mean it's it's also the new year with lots of optimism about you know setting goals and stuff so this is the perfect time to be overly ambitious with your reading choices that's also true too i also do this thing because i'm doing i always try to do the read harder challenge and i always read like so many of the books in january and then i like lose steam by like july so this is also the time where i'm like ooh, how many of the read harder tests can i check off with all of the books that i'm reading (laughs) so with my books i mentioned last week that I was listening to the audio version of Under the Banner of Heaven by John Krakauer. And I'm not finished with it yet, but I'm definitely in the last half of the book, really enjoying it. It's um, it's not, it's part true crime expose, but also part religious history about the, about the murder of this woman and her infant daughter by 
these two brothers who were fundamentalist Mormons, and they were they murdered. I think the murders occurred in the 1980s, um, and then they were caught and brought to trial. And so it's about the murders, but it's also about the Mormons' religious history, how it was founded, how these beliefs came to be, how the fundamentalists separated from the main church and how their beliefs differed and what, you know, what fuels those beliefs. And it is fascinating. Um, there, the, there's a, I mean, there's a lot of religious history in here. So at times it can be a little dry, but I really love John Krakauer's writing style. And I'm listening to it on audio. It's narrated by Scott Brick, who I think is really well suited for this book. Um, it's it's just so interesting. And I will I will give a brief content warning for this. It you know, obviously it's about murder of a mother and her child. You know, that's that's very that that's very disturbing. There are a couple of uh passages where he where the author describes the murder not in gratuitous detail it's it's very matter of fact but it is very it's very alarming so if harm to women or especially children is something that bothers you just as a heads up there are a couple of passages in here that are that are particularly difficult they're not long but they are particularly difficult so i wanted to give that that warning to for anyone who is looking to read it but overall fascinating um and then in terms of what i want to start other than you know every book that i mentioned in the new releases and everything that i was talking about for my most ex- most anticipated books um i was writing a post for the read harder challenge on uh, genre classics that you might want to use for the for this year's challenge, and I mentioned *Devil in a Blue Dress* by Walter Mosley for one of the mystery classics, and I was just kind of reading the brief summary, going, you know what? It's been a while since I've read just a really just a really good mystery, and for whatever reason, the synopsis of that book is just kind of ringing my bells right now. So I think I might try to pick up a copy of *Devil in a Blue Dress* and just, you know, just for good classic historical gritty mystery um so i'm i'm looking forward to that should be a fun read all right um and that is our show thanks so much to everyone for checking it out hopefully in this episode you have heard about a new or upcoming uh, mystery thriller suspense release that has piqued your interest uh feel free to you know, let us know if any of these are ones that you plan on picking up or if there's another one uh, coming out this year that you are very excited about. Obviously, we barely scratched the surface here <laughs> with uh, new releases that are coming out in 2018 that we're excited about. But, you know, we do have a time limit. <laughs> Um, so if you are interested in checking out any of these books, you can head over to bookriot.com slash listen for the show notes. We link to all of the books that we talk about in the episode so you can head over there um and you know click through to find out more information about the books or you can you know buy them or pre-order them if you are interested um if you enjoyed this podcast definitely leave us a review on apple Podcasts so that way other people can discover us um and they can join in on the fun conversation that we have here about mysteries and thrillers um if you would like to send us an email you can do that at red or dead at bookriot.com uh, those get sent along to uh, katie and i so we are always w- excited to hear feedback from 
from you guys, as well as if you guys have suggestions or if you have any questions for us, or again, if you just want to let us know what mysteries and thrillers you are excited to pick up in the new year. Um, or you can find uh, both of us on Twitter. Um, I am at Rincey A. And I am at KT underscore Library Lady. And that's all we've got for this episode. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.